want to talk a little bit about the last days, the end of days, uh, and also about prophetically what we need to be ready for here uh, in this year of 2023. So let me pray. I want to say a quick prayer. Father, I thank you. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you that they come to hear you this morning. Not my voice, but your voice. And I thank you for clarity. I thank you for direction. I thank you for impact to everyone who hears these words. We'll be turned, we'll be changed, we'll be strengthened, we'll be encouraged, and we'll be made ready for what's ahead, God, because we know that you're a good, good daddy, and you make us ready as your children. We give you thanks today, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, give him praise this morning. He is good. So as we talk about the 3D glasses, there's three Ds I want to mention today. But before I start that, many times people will come to you and you say, Brother, do you think this is the end of times? Brother, do you think we're in the last days? I may have heard people say that before. It's, don't you think it's the last days, brother? Let me read in Hebrews. And the author of Hebrews writes, But in these last days he has spoke to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things. So since the New Testament was written and the book of Hebrews was written, we've been in the last days since Jesus showed up. So we're, we're, we've been in the last days. And we're, because Jesus brings in the last days. He's the final word. When Jesus landed on planet Earth, it was like D-Day to the enemy's camp. He landed. They didn't win on D-Day, but the war was basically over because we had a beachhead on D-Day and we were going to defeat an evil empire. When Jesus landed on planet Earth, it was D-Day. And it was time, now it's time for the local church to arise in their call to bring down the works of the evil all around us. But can I tell you, it's not as easy as preach sometimes. Sometimes we face things where we have to take off our 3D glasses. We have to take off the, the vision that we have and open up our eyes and see what the Lord wants us to see. And when Jesus was walking with his disciples, Prior to his crucifixion, his disciples were very excited. You know, the, the disciples had a little different idea of what Jesus was there for. The disciples thought Jesus was going to bust into Jerusalem. He was going to conquer and kick, kick the Romans out. And they were going to take over the world. The disciples were waiting for that to happen. We're like, come on, Jesus. When are you going to go and overthrow the evil? And they were walking in the the courts and they were walking in the temple and and Jesus was uh, you know just walking and hanging out with the disciples but he, he told them this about in the end times and he says in Luke 21 he says be careful that you never allow your hearts to grow cold how many feel that in our society right now that we are in a there's a challenge that we have to not let our hearts grow cold can I lean into you today a little bit that there are some things that we need to be aware of that we cannot allow our hearts to grow cold. And he says, remain passionate and free from anxiety and the worries of this life. Then you'll not be caught off guard by what happens. We have to be ready. And if you look at this little chart that I have, this is based on Matthew 24, 22. Yeah, we may need to turn those uh, fans off and turn the subs off. I don't know if they're off yet, but that would be great. So we look at Matthew 24, 20, uh, 12, and it says, Because of lawlessness will be increased, 
the love of many will grow cold. Did you know that because lawlessness is increasing, that it's a danger right now that we have to guard our hearts. We have to be aware, like we're in a season now as lawlessness and injustice increases, we feel that, pre doesn't that feel much better? Thank you guys. Oh yeah. Have that hmm going on in the background. So we have to be aware of what's happening. How many can see lawlessness increase in our society? All right. You're not Amish, right? You know what's going on. Okay. All right. Love the Amish people. Don't get me wrong. But I'm telling you, like we're in a culture right now that lawlessness is increasing. We have to guard our hearts. And, as, and then the disciples, they remarked, they said, as they're walking through the temple, it says this in Luke 21, verse 5, some of the disciples remarked about the beauty of the temple. And Jesus said, the day will come that everything you admire here will be utterly destroyed. It will become a heap of rubble. And here the disciples, they're looking at the temple. It's beautiful. It's magnificent. But he was prophesying of what was about to take place. The Jewish temple would be overthrown. Every stone would be turned over. And the temple to the Jewish people, that was, that was like the Pope to the Catholic Church. It was the, the center of their worship. And so for the disciples, they were admiring it. But Jesus said, this temple is going to be torn down. He was prophesying of what would happen exactly 40 years later, Jesus was crucified around 30 AD on Passover, and the temple was destroyed. The beginning of the temple's destruction, Rome invaded Jerusalem on 70 AD on Passover. Remember, he said that this generation will not pass away till these things happen. To the, to the day. Come on. How many think that's a coincidence? I don't think so. I had a professor who used to tell me, how many coincidences does it take to be providence? Hello. So the disciples, then they're curious. How many know people are very curious about the end times and the last days? I think some people get so focused on the end days, they forget about their personal life. They forget about everything else and they get focused. Like, I'm not there, but I think we need to be aware about what is about to come. And so they said, Master, tell us, they asked, when exactly will this happen? Can you tell us what warning sign to look for when it is about to take place? So when we look toward the end times, can I tell you this, is that the end times is a wedding. We are going to a wedding. It's going to be a shotgun wedding, but we're going to a wedding. We're not going to a funeral. We're not the widow of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. So our enemies are going to a funeral, but we are going to a wedding. They're going to a funeral. We're going to a wedding. Now we're going to invite them to the wedding, but if they don't decide to come, they're going to a funeral. So we want to keep that in mind because sometimes when we talk about the end of days, you know, how many have seen Christian horror movies before? The end time rapture movies? Those are Christian horror movies, by the way. And we've been brainwashed through these Christian horror movies to think we're all going to be raptured out of here. And then the Antichrist is going to come onto the planet. And, you know, and we're, we have this picture. Why? Because we've seen the movie. But can I tell you that Tim LaHaye and all these Left Behind series, they're novels. 
They're not necessarily biblical truth. Now, I'm not an expert on the book of Revelation, but can I tell you that as I have been studying, realize that many of the events that we think are about to happen have already taken place. Not all of it, but much of the book of Revelation has already taken place. It depends on your perspective. But the, the disciples were saying, what are the signs going to be? And let me tell you the first D. The first D is deception. Everybody say deception. Deception. It's recognizing that all of us have the ability to be deceived. If somebody gives you a book and says, you might be deceived. It's possible for all of us to have, we all have blind spots. We all misinterpret things. We all don't understand things sometimes. So what is the key that we must remember is that in the end times, there's going to be deception with whipped cream on top. There's going to be a lot more deception in the end times than there was in previous times. So we have to stay humble. We have to stay listening to Jesus. We have to pray, God, put me around the right people. Let me listen to the right voices in this time. And if I miss it, because you will and I will, then we need to repent and say, oh, I missed it. Lord, help me get on track. I'm so grateful for God's word. And I'm so grateful for the presence of Jesus because he can speak to you. He is your 24-hour news service. You can listen to him. He will guide you. But what did Jesus say about some of the signs? He said, first, the first D is deception. Jesus responded, deception will run rampant with many who will appear on the scene saying, I have sent them or saying about themselves, I am the Messiah. Now, I have always been really curious about this verse. Is the people that are deceiving us, are they saying that Jesus is the Messiah? Or are they saying, hey, buddy, I'm Jesus? Have you ever thought that? I don't know the answer. There was a guy that they walked into a mental institution and they, they had him in there. And the guy pounded his hand on the table. He says, I am Jesus. And the counselor said, listen, who told you you're Jesus? He said, God told me I'm Jesus. And then another patient shouts out, no, I didn't. The Bible says in Matthew 24, 4, it says, For false Christ and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, listen to this, even the elect. You understand how powerful the deception that is coming in the end of days. And that, what, what does that do? That draws me to Jesus. I'm not here to scare you. I'm just here to tell you you better draw to Jesus and get your life close to Jesus as possible. Because there is so much crazy stuff going out there. Artificial intelligence, AI. I tried this the other day. I, I typed in some stuff. I gave it my voice. It, and what it responded to me back sounded exactly like Chris Monahan. So literally, you can have somebody call you that sounds like me. But it's not me, it's just something that somebody typed up. So how are we gonna know, was that really Chris Monahan or was that some AI version of Chris that was speaking? I'm telling you, it's, it's gonna get weird. How do we know these? 
because you're going to have discernment beyond the reasonable mind. You're going to be able to say, man, that doesn't, that doesn't set well with me. That's not the Lord. Woo. You feel that right now? Like that's, that's discernment. See, I, I read a lot of church history. I, lot of, I read a lot of early writings of the church. And when I'm reading, I'm like reading and I, I'm like, Lord, is that you? Was this actually what happened or was that not you? That's how I, that's how I discern what happened historically because I can't justify. I can't go back in time. So I'm like, Lord, what is it? And this is what we need to have in this season. But there's many false Christ and false prophets. First uh, Timothy 4, 1 and 2 says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons uh, through the insincerity of liars whose consciences have been seared. So what does it mean to have a seared conscience? Because there are people now that, that are the talking heads of our society that their conscience is seared. They can lie to you with a smile on your face and it doesn't convict them at all what they're saying. Because imagine if every day I began to drink coffee, I do drink coffee, but I make, made it hotter and hotter each day. Each cup was hotter and hotter. Eventually, my, my palate or my tongue will get used to something which, that is burning hot that would burn you, but because I've seared my tongue, it doesn't bother me. That's what a seared conscience is. God has given you a conscience. You have to form your conscience by what you watch, what you put yourself around, what you allow to affect you. So if you're watching things and, and being around people that are in God, you know, I'm not saying sometimes we have to be, uh, but there are times when we put ourselves around things that affects your conscience and your ability to make good decisions. You're in charge of your conscience. So people are like, you know, well, I do that and it doesn't bother me. Hmm. Does that mean it's wrong? No, it just means it doesn't bother you. But it could be absolutely wrong. Maybe your conscience is seared. So what we have to do is, is recognize there are people out there with a straight face and a smile. Their consciences are seared. And you have to be aware of that. You have to have that discernment inside of you. Got to, you and I, I'm going to lean into you. We have to draw close to Jesus, man. We can't fool around. We have to know. It's, it's the deception, the mass deception... It's so bad that even the elect, there are friends that I have now, or that I did have in ministry, and we're not friends anymore. There are people that I have in, in, uh, friends in the political realm that we're not friends anymore. They're friends in our government, local government, that we're not friends anymore. And why is that? Well, it's because there's deception that's happened to the place that relationships are broken down because we're in the last we're we're in this time of deception so we must be connected to the source of truth let me give you some comfort here uh, Amos 3 7 says for the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants the prophets we need prophets we need to be listening to the right voices in the right prophets in this season 
And it may sound out there or wacky or wild sometimes, but we need to have our hearts open. Lord, is that you? How do we discern? We ask the Lord. Lord, is that you? Number two is distraction. So the first D of our 3D glasses is deception. And this is the prophetic word that was given. There would be deception in 2023. And there would be distraction in 2023. And the disciples are hearing what Jesus is saying, and he says in Luke 21, 9, there will also be many wars and revolutions on every side with rumors of more wars to come. Don't panic or give in to your fears, for these things are bound to happen. This is still not the end yet. How many have ever read the book Screwtape Letters before by C.S. Lewis? And this is a, a, a book that was written about 100 years ago, and it talks about the spiritual realm and he tells how the senior demon, mentoring a novice demon, instructs this demon to beware of silence. And he tells this young demon, he says, let them make a lot of noise, keep them away from silence, for in silence you can hear the voice of God. This is what the enemy wants us to be distracted. He wants us that when we go into that place of prayer, we go into that place of spending time in our word, we don't have our phone right next to us with 500 notifications. Oh, there's a sale at pennies. No, you're supposed to be spending time with Jesus, right? I mean, and we have like turn off notifications on your phone. Get, learn that give God your first and your best. And that's what distraction does. I mean, you should time yourself. They say that whenever you sit down to pray or to read the Bible, they say within 40 seconds, you're, you're about distracted. Guilty? Anybody guilty? It's like 40 seconds, boing, you know. And remind yourself. Now, let me give you a principle. To overcome distraction, you need to increase the power of your attraction. Your attraction to Jesus. Your attraction to his word. You need to, you need to be just blown away by the goodness of God. Just If you don't feel like you're there, don't beat yourself up. Just say, oh, Lord, you're beautiful. I love you, Lord. Lord, what you're speaking to me. Oh, it's so beautiful. Again, the power of your attraction will defeat the distraction. You know, when people are out fishing, if the bugs are biting and they're not catching fish, they're making a big deal about the bugs. But if you're catching fish, who cares? Bite me away, you know. Have, have fun, you know. I've got a ministry to the mosquitoes tonight. Go ahead. Because we're catching, because we're focused, things are happening. So we have to be aware of distraction. He goes on to say there will be wars, epidemics, revolutions, earthquakes, persecutions. And Jesus is talking about these things, that these things are about to happen. Now, if you study historically, oftentimes, most of our end time preachers out there, they're going to be telling you these things are happening they, they show all the wars and the persecution, the epidemics. Like, how many know we're experiencing these things now? So these end-time preachers, they're like real excited now because they have a lot of material to use. But if you go back historically, what was happening in Jerusalem when Jesus came to Jerusalem is that all these things were happening in his time as well. And there is, a, there is some scholars, I'm, I'm leaning toward what they believe, is that most of the things that we read about in Matthew 24, some in the book of Revelation, 
have already taken place. And I will show you why I believe that. Because when Jesus is talking about these things, he's, he's preparing the church of Jerusalem after Jesus was resurrected. How many know that the church came together and they were in Jerusalem? He's telling them, guys, this was what's about to happen to you guys. And you need to be ready. You need to be prepared. So Jesus goes on to say in Matthew 24, he says, let the one who is on the housetops do not go down to take what is in his, in his house and let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Now, why would this be written if it was for all of us? No one is telling you, go flee to the mountains. Everybody, let's get a plane ticket and go to Judea. Because it's the end times. He's telling the church of Jerusalem, the ones who would follow him, get ready. When, when the Roman army comes, and they actually did this, they set up an abomination of desolation. They set up a statue in the temple. He's saying, when that happens, get out as quickly as possible. This is a historical thing that happened around 70 A.D., 40 years after Jesus was crucified. And he also said in Matthew 24, he said, And alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, and pray that your flight may not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. Why would he be telling us about the end of the world, pray that it doesn't happen on a Sabbath? You're not praying concerned about pregnant pregnancy because it's the end times you understand this was for a specific church in jerusalem why pray that it doesn't happen on the sabbath because they couldn't walk very far in the sabbath and who wants to see a pregnant woman you know going up mountains you know right so this was for a specific people and guess what happened this is the beautiful thing because they listened to the words of jesus you're going to find historically what took place is, uh, this is historic. It says, says this, because of these warnings, many Jewish believers in Jesus left Jerusalem before it was surrounded by the Roman armies in 70 AD. They listened to the words of Jesus. And the words found in Matthew 24 brought safe, safety to many Jewish Christians from the horrible slaughter that took place in the besieged city of Jerusalem. So because they, they took the words of Jesus in Matthew 24, they were delivered from one of the most horrible holocausts that ever took place of the Jewish people. We know that there was another holocaust that happened in Germany, but this was, this was, the, this was the second worst holocaust that ever happened to Jewish people. They were massively slaughtered. There was cannibalism. It was massacred. Even the Roman general who went in there was horrified. This is, so what happened? They listened to Jesus. They followed the words of Jesus. They fled to the mountains of Judea. And they were made safe. Church historian Eusebius says, according to Eusebius, the Jerusalem church escaped to Pella during the siege of Jerusalem by the future red, uh, emperor Titus in 70 A.D., and they afterwards returned. So they were saved. They were delivered from the destruction that came upon the Jewish people because they followed their Messiah, Jesus Christ. And Jesus was the Messiah to them. They heard his voice. 
What do we need to do in this time is we need to follow, learn to hear the voice of Jesus. Amen? David says this in Psalm 27, 4. He says, One thing I have asked of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. What I love about Psalm 27 is here you have David. He calls God beautiful. He says, I just want to gaze at your beauty, Lord. Now that is a foreign concept when during the times of the New Testament, that was a foreign concept to the pagans. You think your God's beautiful? Ugh. My God's mean, ugly, lustful, greedy, bully. That's who are you think your God's beautiful? You want to approach him? You understand the God of the Bible is a beautiful God. And when you truly see him, when you look at him, and when he looks back at you, your heart will be drawn to him and his heart will be drawn to you and i love what david says because he says it's it's one thing one thing i ask when we focus on that one thing when that is the heart of our attraction that's how we defeat our distraction and all of us need to see that we live in a very distracted society right now wouldn't you agree a hundred years ago People were dying for lack of food. Today, people are dying because of too much food. True, right? A hundred years ago, people were suffering because they lacked information. Today, people are suffering because of an overload of information. We have to be aware that we're being flooded with so much information. We have to learn how to shut down some of those sources of information, limit the amount of information that we're getting. Because how many know information will not save you? Revelation will save you, but information may hinder you. It's interesting, too, because in the book of Daniel, it talks about the end times. It says... Daniel 12, 4, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. How many know we're in a season where knowledge is increasing? So we don't necessarily need knowledge as much as we need revelation and wisdom. I just need to know what the Lord is saying right now. Well, Fox News said this, and CNN News said that, and NBC News said, who cares? I'm tired of being lied to for free. I mean, I actually buy my news now. Epic Times, I'm an Epic Times fan. Chinese, Christian Americans, they understand China, and they are a good source of news. Epic Times. I'd rather pay for the truth than be lied to for free. How about you? We're in a season of propaganda. There is much propaganda going on out there. And Jesus is not propaganda. He is truth. Psalm 27, David ends with, I, will, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of li the living. How many believe we're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living? 
Too many people say, oh, when I die and go to heaven, brother, I'll see the goodness. No, I want to see it now. I want to see the goodness of the Lord. I want to see the power of God, the kingdom of God expand. I want to see the sick healed, the deaf hear, the blind see. I want to see it all. I want to see that. How about you? In the land of the living. But we need to wait for the Lord to be strong and to let your heart take courage. We need courage in this time. Because the last D I want to mention, we're, we're being deceived. Even the elect can be deceived. So we stay humble. We stay listening. We pray, Lord, give me the, listen to the right people. We're being distracted. How many agree that we're being distracted in this season? That's what, that's what the enemy does. He's saying, look over here, over here. And everybody's looking over here. In the meantime, something's going on over there. That's what the enemy does. He causes a distraction over here. And whenever there's a distraction, this is what I do. Whenever there's a big distraction in the news, I ask myself, I wonder what's really going on. You should ask yourself, this is probably just a distraction over there. And we're all like going, oh my God, look at what's happening. Oh, my, oh yeah. And I'm going, hmm. To be aware, because that's what propaganda does. But the last thing is, is just like David said, wait for the Lord to be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. We got to battle. We're battling discouragement in 2023. We are battling discouragement in 2023. And we have to keep our focus on, on the Lord. We have to wait for him. We have to declare, I'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would encourage you. If you're not declaring over your life every day, we have declarations that are available to pick up at our welcome center based on the gates of Jerusalem. Every day, declare these things. Go onto our app. I pull up my app every day, Gateway app, and I go through the declarations. I say things over myself to reprogram my mind because sometimes I get in the spirit of stupid and I allow the enemy to say things and I agree with him. So what I do is I know, no, the truth is I'm valuable. The truth is I have authority. The truth is I am forgiven. The truth is that I'm going to change history. This is true. And by the time I'm done declaring, I'm ready to pray for whoever needs prayer. Come on. Devil wakes up in the morning and he goes, oh, no, Chris is up. Oh, God gives me a headache. Man, killing me with ink. I don't know what that guy's doing. But Jesus goes on to talk to his disciples. He says, Keep a constant watch over your soul. Constant watch over your soul. Luke 21, verse 34. And pray for courage. Come on, how many have asked for courage? Lord, give me courage today. Even if it's just 20 seconds of courage to make that phone call. 20 seconds of courage to write that check. 20 seconds of courage to speak to my lost loved one. 20 seconds, that's all you need. Do it. Pray for courage and grace to prevail over these things that are destined to occur, that you will stand before the presence of the Son of Man with a clear conscience. How many of there are some things that are going to happen? They're destined to happen. Doesn't matter. They're going to happen. And we have to look at our nation. I believe for the best for our nation, but I recognize that there are 60 million aborted babies that has to be held accountable for before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm aware of that as well. I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping God gives America one more chance. But I'm prepared for whatever I have to come to. 
because there's wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, famines, epidemics. Have you guys heard about COVID-19? Have you heard? That was planned. Uh-oh. I lost our YouTube privileges before. It's pitiful. Pitiful. We have to be ready. We have to be ready. The disciples didn't understand the timing. The disciples were always like, okay, Jesus. Jesus rises from the dead. They're walking around with the, the, the body of Jesus. The resurrect. How many of that? That would be so cool. The resurrected body of Jesus hanging out with the resurrected body of Jesus. We'd be like, whoo, hey, Jesus. And so they're walking around. And, and after, and let me just finish with this story, but Jesus rose from the dead. He, um, he comes back and he shows himself to the disciples. And he's here for about 40 days. And he's walking around in his resurrected body. And the disciples, can you imagine? They're like, this is really cool. Like, can you imagine? He'd, he'd be like the Iron Man walking in, you know, to the Roman guards, you know. You know, taking everybody down. And then the disciples would be like running in behind him, like, hey, take him out, Jesus. So they were excited. I would be excited. And so in Acts 1-6, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He was, they were convinced. I would be convinced too, wouldn't you? Here's Iron Man here. He's all resurrected. He's defeated death, hell, and the grave. We're going to take Jerusalem right now. How many of you, like the disciples, have missed, missed God's timing before? He's like, really? Is that what you think is going to happen? That was 2,000 years ago. He left. And, they, and he said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority. You don't know. It's not for you to know. Oh, Jesus, come on. You could take down the Roman Empire right now. This would be really cool. I can sit at your right, right? John, we, we, can, we, can, we can be with you, right? But Jesus said, no, that's not what's going to happen. And then the famous verse that we all quote in the book of Acts about us receiving the Holy Spirit is Jesus says right after them. Remember, in their mindset, they're kind of bumped because they want Jesus to come in and kick some butt, basically, right? Do it, Jesus. And he says, no, that's not how it's going to go down. But then he tells them this, but you, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You hear what he's saying? I'm not, I'm not finishing this one. You're finishing this one. You, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. You see, we receive that power to finish what Jesus started 2,000 years ago. Through the power of His Holy Spirit. People say, I don't know about that charismatic stuff. I'm all in, bro. I want more of the Holy Spirit every day. 
I want to be so full that I'm spilling out on other people. I want to be so full that wherever I go, my shadow is healing people. I want to be so bold and encouraged. But I have that power. You have that power. What allows us to overcome that discouragement? The power of the Holy Spirit. And remember, what is the enemy doing in this season? He's trying to make us feel small. He's trying to shrink us. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Right? He's trying to make you feel small. That's the enemy's plan. He wants to shrink us. And let me show you this picture. We're, like, we're too small to even like answer the phone, right? Because he, for this guy, he's like, answer the phone? Really? Me? That looks like work, though, doesn't it? But this is what happens. How many have felt like that before? Where the enemy shrunk you so small, you're about this tall, and then your spouse says, can you wash the dishes? And you feel like you're in the sink and all the pots are so big. Right? What's the problem? It's not the pots and the pans and the soap. You've allowed yourself to become shrunk. And so what we do, we receive the power of the Holy Spirit, the blessing of God. And we have to remind ourselves every day, I wasn't created small. I was created for greatness. I was created to do signs and wonders for the kingdom of God. I was, I was created to do amazing things. But our mind, and when we come into agreement with the enemy, he shrinks us. But I love what Hebrews chapter 10 says. It says, for yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous ones shall live by faith. See, God believe this stuff. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. You understand, when we allow ourselves to be made small, you're not pleasing the Lord. I want to please the Lord. How about you? So when you allow the devil to shrink you, you're not pleasing God anymore. He wants you to be big. He wants you to be fully who you are. He says, but we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and preserve their souls. As we close today, let's stand together. Come on, how many receive from the Lord today? All right. Ready to take off those 3D glasses this morning of deception? Ready to take off those, those, the D of distraction this morning? And to be aware. To be self-aware, like, oh yeah, I'm being distracted. <laughs> I'm going to throw my phone over here or whatever I'm going to do. I'm going to get rid of, I'm going to get rid of my distractions. And then I'm going to also, I'm going to fight this discouragement. And I love what Jesus did. It says, how do we overcome this 3D world we are in? Number one, with distractions, we need to realize Jesus is the way. Deception, Jesus is the truth. And discouragement, Jesus is the life. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let me pray for you. 
Father, I bless this people today. I thank you today that we choose to receive power. Come on, you may be struggling with a, a relationship right now and you feel anxious over what this other person is doing, what they're not doing, what they've said, what they haven't said. This morning, we cut off every attack of anxiety and fear. Right now, we declare that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we receive the love and the power and the soundness of mind that comes when we give ourselves to you. We are not going to be people who are timid. You've not given us the spirit of timidity, but of love and power and a sound mind. And this morning, we come into alignment and agreement with your word that we take off these D's, Lord, the deception and the discouragement. We take off the distractions. And we set our mind on you, Jesus. I declare right now every assignment of the enemy is broken off your life right now in the name of Jesus. Every assignment to torment, to steal, kill, and destroy. We break it off today in the name of Jesus. And I thank you. Come, Holy Spirit, fill these people today for your glory, God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on Gateway's broadcast of the week. I want to talk to you today about the power of declarations. I know in uh, this time, it's so important that we keep heavenly minded. Uh, we have a lot of stuff going on in our nation currently, and it's so important that we're not allowing the media be to become or to form our narrative. Uh, we need to have, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ, the word of God, let him be the one that forms our narrative. And that's something that I believe comes uh, comes against us every day. You know, the Bible says the power of life and death is in the tongue. And through what we declare and what we say, we're actually forming our future because our words are carriers. Like what you speak carries something inside of it, whether it carries faith or it carries fear. And a lot of the words we're hearing today, especially uh, because we are a social media culture that we have to take, uh, we have to be on the offense. We have to learn how to program our minds because what we say, the Bible talks about this in James chapter three, that the, that it, our tongue is the rudder that guides our ship. It guides where we will go in life. And so what I want to share with you today is just some practical stuff, some practical tools that are available to you for free on our website learning uh, how to make declarations. And what I've put together is 10 daily declarations. I wanna take the next 10 minutes and kind of give you a little practical guide of how to use them. Now the declarations, the idea comes in uh, from the book of Nehemiah chapter three, that during this time, Nehemiah uh, rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem and he put in, many scholars believe, I believe 10 gates that are mentioned in Nehemiah chapter three. And the declarations I'm going to share with you today are based on those gates. And so um, when we talk about declarations, the difference between praying and declaring is a declaration is something you're just speaking out. You're just saying, you know, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're not praying to, to the Father to do this for you. You actually are declaring that this is who you are. And I think Christians need to declare more and pray less. I don't know if I can say that, but uh, I guess I just did. Uh, we need to declare so that we understand our position so that when we pray, we're praying effectively. We're not praying like grasshoppers. We're praying like giants. 
We're not praying like beggars. We're praying like sons and daughters. So uh, these 10 declarations uh, are developed. They're based on the Bible. And I want to give you access to these. If you go to our uh, your app store on either uh, Apple or Google, and you search for tithe.ly app uh, or tithe.ly, and this app will come up. You download it, it's free, and then you type in iGateway, uh, the iGateway, um, the letter I and G-A-T-E-Y, uh, G-A-T-E-W-A-Y, there you go, I can spell today, and uh, go ahead and put that in, and that'll pull up our church's app, and down at the very bottom, you'll see uh, gates, and what you do is you push the button, and up will come these 10 declarations. Now, many people that uh, I've been uh, working with, I've uh, been giving them these tools so that on a daily basis, they themselves are saying these declarations over their lives. And these are the, the 10 gates they're based upon. This is a little map or diagram that uh, will help understand where each gate is. And you can see that these gates, uh, the sheep gate, fish gate, the old gate, the valley gate, the dung gate, the fountain gate, the water gate, the horse gate, the east gate, and the inspection gate are all the gates that are listed in Nehemiah chapter 3. And at each gate, you're actually saying a certain declaration which, um, which reflects the name of the gate or the purpose of the gate. And I go into this in great detail in my, I think it's 12 uh, or 13 week course on the gates of Nehemiah. But I want to give you this uh, information now just so you can begin to, on a daily basis, make uh, these declarations, because what you're doing is you're inviting your truth. The Bible says, Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. So then you're activating this truth through the declaration. Uh, that's what uh, that's what our words, our words are powerful. Uh, our words change our future. The, by, you know, the world was created uh, because God spoke. And so in this uh, this world we live in was created by a declaration, by a word that was spoken. And this is the same way it works in the spirit realm, that when you declare something, uh, something begins to shift, even in our physical realm. That's why I can make a declaration that uh, your thyroid is being healed right now in Jesus' name. Thyroid be healed. Boom. Like some of you right now may be listening and your thyroid might have just went pow, you know, I mean, not pow, like exploded, but pow in a good way <laughs> that... Uh, you know, because there's activations through the word of God and people think, oh, that's new age or that's crazy. No, man, that's the Bible. Like, dude, Jesus declared things. He spoke things and things happen. So these uh, declarations, again, when you're at each gate, the sheep gate represents covenantal forgiveness. For at this gate, we're releasing uh, forgiveness. We're receiving forgiveness. We're giving it. The second gate or the fish gate represents receiving the blessing of God. The third gate represents receiving healing, which is ours based on the covenant that we have. Um, the fourth gate is humility. The fifth gate is dealing with the unclean spirits, demons. Uh, the sixth gate, which is the fountain gate, allowing us to see into the spirit, activating the spiritual gifts. Number seven uh, is the water gate, represents the word of God. Uh, number eight is the the word worldly influences or the influences of the world praying the fear of God over our lives. Number nine is the worship gate or the east gate, which is the gate that uh, Jesus is returning in, uh, worshiping Jesus. That's the uh, wor uh, worship gate or the east gate. And the, number 10 is the inspection gate, 
which is just a declaration that I will fulfill my destiny. And uh, so these are the 10 declarations that, that are based on the gates of Nehemiah that we're providing for you. Uh, you can go onto our website, you can download them, you can copy them, you can uh, get them on your app. And then this is what I do every morning. I put on, uh, if you, if you um, there's a guy by the name of William Augusto, which has some great soaking music, put on some soaking music. And then I'm going to go ahead and take you through these next 10 declarations. And um, I'm just going to go right through them. This is how I do these on a daily basis. And it takes you maybe 90 seconds to make these declarations. But what's happening is you are beginning to shift your atmosphere, your future, uh, your present um, through your words. And this is something that you do. And just like Nehemiah, uh, he built the walls and built the gates. He, he set the gates. He built the walls. This is what I believe happens when we're making declarations over our life. And uh, once I began to do this, I've been doing this for you know five, 10 years, learning how to uh, the power of declaration, um, something just shifts in my, have shifted in my life and so many people who are doing these on a daily basis. So uh, we're going to go ahead and, and go through the, the 10 gates and um, for more information on what everything means that I declare, there's an entire course. You can find this on our website. But for right now, I just I want to give you the, uh, the the gates, starting with the sheep gate. So this is the declaration. Uh, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. As I have been fully forgiven, I choose to forgive and show mercy to others. I cast down every accusation, lie, and anxious thought over my life. At this moment, too, I would encourage you, is there anyone you need to forgive? Um, immediately forgive them so that you can receive forgiveness at the sheep gate. And then what we're doing is we're inviting at this gate love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and we're forbidding the spirit of Jezebel. And Jezebel is actually the spirit that oftentimes hits us with accusation and lies and anxiousness. And so that's the sheep gate. Number two is the fish gate. In every area of my life, I live in abundance. I am seated at my Father's table with everything I need for this day. I am highly valued in heaven, and I overflow in wisdom and generosity when making financial and spiritual decisions. I am free from all worry and poverty thinking. I invite prosperity, and I forbid the spirit of mammon. At the old gate represents healing. I declare I walk in ever-increasing health, energized to accomplish everything I need to do this day. Every person I lay my hands upon will be healed and freed from the power of the devil. I invite healing today, and I forbid the spirit of infirmity. At the valley gate, uh, we declare humility. I celebrate the opportunity today to live a life of total dependence on you. As I humble myself, you are lifting me up to new levels of grace and opportunity. I break off the power of pride, control, and selfishness over my life, and I invite humility, and I invite Yahweh, come and slay the spirit of Leviathan over my life. Uh, this Leviathan spirit is actually what feeds people who walk in pride and control and selfishness. And this is the one spirit we don't attack. We just invite the Lord, according to Isaiah 27, to take his sword and slay that thing over our life. Amen. Um, the, number five, the dung gate is the fire of God. My soul belongs to the living God. I am a legal territory for Satan and his kingdom. I am a partaker in the divine nature of Christ and of authority to cast out demons and to raise the dead. I invite throne room confidence and I forbid the spirit of Python. 
That's in, found in Acts 16. The fountain gate is where I declare spiritual sight. I am full of God's spirit, and I've been given divine strategies and heavenly creativity for my life and for the lives of others. I was created to see clearly into the spiritual realm and to walk in discernment. I invite the gifts of the spirit, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healings, working miracles, prophecy, spiritual discernment, speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues. And I forbid the deaf and mute spirit over my life. Uh, the water gate, I declare the word of God. I am highly motivated to share Jesus and to be a light in this dark world. I will be led out of temptation and will be delivered from all evil. Because of Jesus, my influence will be felt for hundreds of years, and I will walk in the fear of the Lord. I invite the spirit of truth, and I forbid the spirit of the Antichrist. The horse gate, ungodly influence. I, Father, I thank you for the fear of the Lord over uh, my life and to keeping me strong in the midst of ungodly influences. Uh, set me ablaze with love and overflowing with power and love and self-control. I invite open doors and boldness in my life, and I forbid the spirit of lawlessness. Uh, right now at the East Gate, right now I demolish any lack of enthusiasm I have about worshiping Jesus. I am a temple of skin, a place where God dwells and where Jesus is continually worshiped. I invite freedom and joy over my life and I forbid the spirit of heaviness. And the, the inspection gate, I declare the decisions I make today are producing blessing for my future generations. I was created to fulfill my destiny and be joined together with others who will do the same. May my God-given skills increase and further develop as I carry contagious hope and increasing favor in all I do. And I invite divine appointments over my life today, and I forbid the spirit of timidity. Now, these 10 declarations that I've just went through are available to you. Go to www.igateway.org. There's other resources there that may help you fill in some of the blanks of what each gate means. Again, we're doing battle, and the best way we can do battle is through establishing, affirming our beliefs through uh, the power of declaration. And because the power of life and death is in our tongue, we have to use our tongue accordingly. And so after I do these declarations on a daily basis, then I begin to pray. And then I have 10 prayers that are just praying for whether it's my spouse, my family, my staff, uh, political leaders, uh, movie stars, whoever God has called me to pray for, these uh, these 10 prayers based on the gates of Nehemiah also help me uh, stay focused when I'm praying for people. And so, you know, that's what the purpose of this talk was today is to, to let you get, uh, get a little bit, uh, maybe a quick overview of how to do declarations because it's the heart of, uh, it's my heart, the heart of the ministry here at Gateway Church is to equip you and empower you to do everything that Jesus did. And declarations are the first step. It's one of the, the best ways, I believe, to, to, to jumpstart your day, to focus, um, focus your mind, get yourself adjusted, get yourself aligned with God's truth through the power of declaration. And that's one of the things that we like to do is equip you with the tools to do that. Because when you confess these things and you believe these things, then what you're doing is you're you're establishing the walls around your life. You are you are establishing the gates, and you are uh, you know providing this the spiritual covering for your life through the words that you are speaking over yourself. Uh, and as as a believer, it's so important that we pray for us, we we declare over ourselves because it shows that we love ourselves 
And we know without truth uh, being established through declarations in our life that um, we'll be tossed in, and blown like the wind, you know? And so it's time for you to begin to do this for your life so that you can be effective for the kingdom of God. And these tools, we want to get into your hands. So for more resources, go to our website, www.igateway.org. Man, it's been a pleasure to be with you and share this exciting uh, series on gates, these exciting declarations. Um, these are tools that will help you. And let me get them into your hands and begin to see how your day begins to operate differently because you're making these declarations over your life. Hey, I'm Pastor Chris Monahan. Thanks again for joining me for this quick session uh, this week. I love you. Let's pray for God's kingdom to advance over our region and over our nation. I love you. God bless you. See you soon. Hi, I'm Linda White. I'm the manager of Gateway Hunger Relief Center, and uh, I've been about here about 14 years. This has been a blessing to me and my family to be able to serve. We need your support, and the reason why we need your support is because our numbers are growing, for one thing. The need is great here in Richmond. We're able to provide fresh produce and sometimes milk and just meats and everything like that, and your donations really mean a lot to keep this program going. Uh, we also serve the seniors, and we also make kiddo bags. So every child gets a bag to take home that's got mac and cheese and drink and little snacks in there for them, and we just love being able to pass these things out and bless families, and if you love seeing, your fa seeing families get blessed in Richmond, come donate to Gateway Hunger Relief Center. Shelby Jones. Hi, my name is JD Marker. Hi, my name is Jenny. I just love blessing the people and seeing all the smiling faces and smiling kids. I come love coming here. It gives me something to do every day. I like to give the people God in their hearts and I like to spread the word of God around to everybody. It's been a blessing. I've been here for 14 years and I hope to do it for another 14. I don't know what I can do without him really. I'd be home doing nothing. I just love being here and helping people. I like to give out food and help people. God bless everybody.